Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my fiance Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is April 25th, 19. 98. It is. You know what I've been thinking about, Carol? What? I've been thinking about taking a vacation. Where? I don't know. I want to take you on a vacation. I'd love to go on vacation. Let's go. Let's so go right uh, I saw, I don't know if you saw, but um, William Shatner of uh, Star Trek fame is hawking a new a new thing, Priceline.com. Okay. I just saw a an ad for it in the paper. Apparently, you can name your own price. For airfare. Interesting. So, like, could $1 work? Or? That's what I'm saying. What's my own price? I'll give you a bag of peanuts. Right. You can listen to our tape for free. How about that? <laughs> Let's go to Jamaica. Right. So, I don't I don't know exactly how that works, but name your own price. Priceline.com. That is weird. This is not a commercial for Priceline.com. We're not associated <laughs> with Mr. Shatner. They're not paying us yet. No. Not yet. Not yet. We'll Someday. get them. We'll get you <laughs> Priceline.com. See if you're in business five years from now. Um, anyway, so speaking of something that might not be in business five years from now, Carol, hmm. the Detroit Music Awards. Okay. So it says Detroit Music, Detroit Music Awards don't always go to the best of local acts. Cool concept, iffy execution. When 3,000 folks file into the State Theater for tonight's Detroit Music Awards, it won't be the honor, or won't be to honor the best of the city sounds. Oh, they'll say that's what it's all about. But one glance at the 64-category ballot for tonight's program, and you quickly discover that the Detroit Music Awards don't always reward Detroit's good music. This is the second year for the Unified Award Show, the fruit of a merger between longtime rival camps at the Metro Times and the Motor City Music Foundation. Mm. Organizers say that they've spent much of their time weeding out internal politics and adding such events as last month's laudable Hamtramck blowout, a 74-band showcase. 74 bands. We should have been there. Oh, my goodness. How'd we miss that? Well, because it was in Hamtramck. That's why. Hamtramck's awesome. I didn't bring. I didn't pack my cowboy boots, so it's a local reference, everyone. But they've neglected their peskiest hangnail. The awards themselves. And grumbles are rising from the local music scene. The Detroit Music Awards just don't come uh, or don't convey to the listening tastes or buying habits of the city. Hmm. So what do you think? They're they're not they're not rewarding the best of the city. Detroit, for those of you that don't know, oh, uh, for those of you not in the area, has a huge music scene. Yeah, for sure. Well, it always has. I mean, I, I don't think you have to be in the area to know that. I mean, Motown came from Detroit. Motown, downtown. Right. Grand River at Hitsville, USA. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so... You know, we're we're big like the like uh, there's a, a genre of music, electronic music, that uh, basically was invented in Detroit like five six years ago. Hmm. Yeah, didn't know it was invented in Detroit. It was yes. Local local artists are like electronic music. Everyone, <laughs> what do you think? And all the robots in Detroit were like, 
Yes. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that Detroit's filled with robots? So it's music for the machine. Exactly. The robots I that see. put the cars together, sometimes they've got a, we gotta rock out. There you go. I mean, it's hard putting cars together. <laughs> you looked like you were going to say something. No. <laughs> I'm just so waiting for you. You, you postured like you were like. You were pulling up another article. I was ready. Oh, ready. she's ready. She's ready for another article. Uh, you want to buy a dancing baby from Allie McBeal's show? <laughs> no. It's fucked off. I know, it's a weird It's a weird thing, right? That little dancing baby. Like, I'm going to dance. <laughs> I do not like it. Uh, well, you can't anyway. But you can buy her PJs. What? You can't buy the dancing baby. Are they used? Allie McBeal. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, you know, it was I mean, a heavy flow day things. for Allie McBeal. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. Uh, you can't buy the dancing baby, but Allie McBeal fans can buy her men's style pajamas adorned with clouds. <laughs> Look for them in Victoria's Secret Catalog or at Nordstrom. Men's style pajamas with clouds at Victoria's Secret. Yeah, that's right. That does not sound like what Victoria's Secret was meant to do. Victoria's Secret? She's a whore for uh, TV. We want to make money. Oh, my goodness. But this one, this is the article for me. Okay. This is what I'm looking forward to. You see this picture right here? I do. Your idols. The Rat Pack returns and life is retro cool again. And, of course, it's Mike Duffy. Of course. He uh, he, he sat at at the knee of Dean Martin. What? <laughs> he's, he's the right age. <laughs> Once upon a time, I was a fantasy member of the Rat Pack. See, back when Clearasil was this teeny bopper's most valued skin. Oh my god! <laughs> I figured Ocean's Eleven was just about the coolest movie ever made. It's actually a really cool movie. I like Ocean's Eleven. Uh, they plan to rob casinos. Hmm, that uh, sounds fun. If Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, do you know what their plot is? What? What's the plot? It's the funniest thing in the world. So, you know how, like, sometimes, like, Mission Impossible or something like that, like heist movies and stuff, like, they'll be like, okay, so it's normally uh, security is impregnable, but this at this time, there's a sultan coming in, and s- security is getting switched around for this or that or whatever, you know? Their thing is, it's New Year's Eve. And at midnight on New Year's Eve, every single fucking adult in in, uh, Las Vegas is going to stand at attention and listen to Old Lang Syne for exactly (laughs) two minutes and 21 seconds. Okay. They have a two minute and 21 second window, and it's when Old Lang Syne is playing. Like, it's like... A fucking annual rite of passage for adults in the 60s. And it's like, you don't do anything else. Security guards, doesn't matter what you see, you are to stand at attention. Should old acquaintance be for... Well, this definitely sounds like a foolproof plan. Nothing can go wrong. No. But it's a very good movie, actually. Um, but anyway, I figured Ocean's Eleven was just about the coolest movie ever made. It had Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., and the rest of their swinging pals. Wow. <laughs> R.I.P. to uh, Joey Bishop and fucking Peter Lawford, who apparently aren't cool enough to, to their only two other members. Right. 
Wow. He already named 60% of the Rat Pack and could not be bothered with the other 40%. Goodness. They cracked wise. They dressed cool. They hung out in Vegas. Gorgeous dames like Angie, Angie Dickinson <laughs> drooled over them. Victoriously, pimples and all, I was there. And it all seems a little silly. And Ocean's Eleven, the last time I saw it, wasn't so cool anymore. Looking excruciatingly dated, I'm sure it does. Uh, but I got no kick from complaining. <laughs> Mere vitriol doesn't thrill me at all. <laughs> oh, God, my it's, stuffy. It's a uh, fucking, it's from a Frank Sinatra song. I get it. Uh, anyway, so they're coming back. Um, I mean, they're dead, but... <laughs> Yeah, what kind of uh, magic is this? So it, they're showing, um, oh, my God, she's dying. I am um, dying. Frank, Dean, and Sammy, an evening with the Rat Pack, the television premiere of a legendary 1965 concert performance delivers a fascinating memory. So it's going to be on TV Land. Okay. So TV Land is going to air a Rat Pack. I mean, I could do I could do their 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 show. I know you could, baby. I, could definitely... I know you could. It all always started with Dean Martin. Dean Martin would come on and be like, uh, well, how'd y'all get in my room? <laughs> and then he'd sing some kind of song or whatever, you know. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I get my even, I get my color. F- I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> no, how does it go? I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. Um... Speaking of being in a bar, though, like Dean Martin often was, she's dying again. Um, Shelly Long. After bar life, Shelly Long tries home life in a new sitcom on the WB. Okay. She stars with Robert Hayes uh, of Airplane fame. You've never seen Airplane, have you? I don't think so, no. You, I don't think you'd like it. Trains, planes, and automobiles, but not airplane. Yeah, I don't think you'd like airplane. It's a good movie, but I don't think you'd like it. Okay. Uh, anyway, so Robert Hayes captures Shelley Long's heart when he rescues her character from a burning building. He's a fireman with a fire hose wrapped around her. Look at those fake smiles. I was going to say they look so happy. She'll be forever known as Diane Chambers. Ouch. The overqualified barmaid in Cheers, but Shelley Long is taking on a new persona in a TV sitcom, Kelly Kelly. Hmm. She's getting married to a guy whose last name's Kelly, and her first name is Kelly. That's stupid. Do you think you have any interest in that at all? No, sir. I don't think we will be discussing Kelly Kelly on the show. I don't have any interest in it either, and I think it's sad that she left Cheers specifically because she didn't want to get typecast Mm -hmm. as uh, Diane Chambers and everything. And the first line of that article is, she will forever be known as Diane Chambers. That's awful. You failed, Shelley Long. You know what? No offense, Shelley Long, but Kirstie Alley was better anyway. Ooh, Rebecca Howe. (laughs) Don't you think? I I liked Diane more. Really? I did. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm a purist, but Rebecca was Rebecca was cool too. I liked them both. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. No, you don't. I don't. <laughs> anyway, speaking of things we don't know, I don't know why we watch this movie. This I week. hate this movie. I hate it. You don't hate it. I hate it. Carol. So Carol got Carol got tired in the movie theater, as she often does. <laughs> 
while we were watching this movie, and she's decided that that means she hates it. Okay, Sliding Doors. Awful movie. Awful movie. Okay, the whole premise of this movie is that the subway doors that slid closed, had they had they not sorry, slid closed. I'm sorry, the tube or the underground. We're in London, please. Okay, sure. Show some respect to London. The underground, if you must. If the doors had stayed open, mm-hmm. her whole life would be different. You don't believe in that? Sure, maybe, but I felt like the movie was kind of a giant waste of time because you go through these two alternating realities, and in it the just end, keeps cutting back and forth. Yeah, and in the end, she just dies oh, in spoiler. one of them. So she has to. Know. She's got to die in one of them, right? I guess in, in order for everything to merge. But I mean, it kind of defeats the purpose then, because then she's like, she's going to meet the guy that she would have met in the other reality anyway. If she had caught that train, she would have died. Because okay. that, that the reality where she caught the train is the reality where she died. The reality where she caught the train, she breaks up with her fiance because he's cheating on her. It's weird, too, because that's the reality she was more successful in business in. She was happier, yeah. She lost all that shit. But... Okay, in the other reality where she doesn't die, she meets him, the yes. same guy that yes. made her happy. Yeah, she's all, yeah, she's, so they, presumably they get together. But I mean, okay, so you've got these two different realities, and they're basically saying it doesn't matter because she ends up with him in either one anyway. She dies in one, so it does matter. I guess. In one, she's dead, in the other, she's alive. It just seems like. I'd say it matters. <laughs> there's a lot of predetermination for alternate realities where anything's possible. I agree. It's a little too, um, oh, everything's, you know, like fucking interwoven. I agree. It's a little too, I think it should have been a little more. I think it should have been more divergent. Um, And like she gets pregnant in both of them. Yeah, that's true. She loses the baby in both of them. But pregnant by two different guys. True. So they'd be very different babies. That's right. But it doesn't matter because they're not born anyway. No, because lose, she loses the baby in both realities. She dies in one. So, yeah. I mean, it just it felt like a lot of wasted time. In 1987, Carol, mm-hmm. uh, a Polish director directed a movie called Blind Chance. Okay. This movie feels like it's kind of a ripoff of Blind Chance, but without any of the like deep political social or any other ramifications because <laughs> in the movie blind chance uh he also the protagonist is in a airport if i remember correctly but he's catching a train from the airport wow and he catches the he misses the train in two, there's three splits he misses the train in two catches the train in one and there's a lot about, I don't remember exactly everything, and it's subtitled too, so it's hard to remember exactly everything that happened, but um, there's a lot about communism and socialism and being an anti-communist. So the movie had a lot to say and had a purpose. Yeah, because he becomes, like, in one reality he becomes a communist, in another reality he becomes an anti-communist, and in the third re- reality he, like, askews like, politics completely. So he's like very neutral politically. And then his life goes in various different directions. And it's based on the people he meets, the people he doesn't meet and everything. Um, 
And then uh, in the last one, in the last, it's kind of uh, spoilers for this 1987 Polish movie, but um, it's it looks like the one he's the most happy in where he um, he gets this big promotion at work and everything, and he's he is the politically neutral one, right? He's got a good relationship and everything. Gets on a plane to go fly to this new job or whatever, and the plane explodes. <laughs> That's how the movie ends. Wow. So in two of the realities, he's alive. In one of the realities, he's dead. Okay. But it had a message. Yes, there was a reason for it. This movie has no reason or message. I agree, actually. It's supposed to be entertaining, but it's really boring. It's empty. It's like, yeah. it's the most empty kind of romantic comedy or romantic drama or whatever, or dramedy or whatever you want to call it. That there is. It's it's a romance movie at its heart, but it's the most empty kind that you could think of. And there is no message. There's no reason that her reality needs to split in two. It doesn't make it more an interesting movie. It doesn't. And there's no, like you said, there's no deeper message behind it. Right. It's not like, oh, she's been strung along by this guy forever. And that causes this or that or whatever. I heard somebody explain one time about writing. Um, there's a the two different kind of ways you can write. You can say, uh, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. Mm, okay. Which is what this movie is. Yeah. This happened, then this thing happened, then that thing happened. But the way to actually write a story is this happens, therefore, this happens. Because this happened... Then that happens. You like you have to connect logically why things are happening. You have to give every every scene that you're writing in a book or a movie or whatever a TV show. You have to give a why for this is happening because of this, right? You know, cause and effect. I mean, there is some cause and effect in here. Oh, I mean, she she gets little. cheated on. That that's definitely a, a cause, and you know. Being with somebody else in effect. But like, for example, she gets fired from her, what kind of job? Marketing? She's or? a PR, in PR, PR, public relations. Okay. She, she's wearing a suit. She's going to work with a bunch of executive looking people. Sure. They apparently just have alcohol on hand and she took some vodka for her birthday. Yeah. And that's why they fire her. And the next thing we know, she is delivering sandwiches during the day and waitressing in a bar at night. How do you go from, hi, I'm a PR executive, to that? She has to have, a, like, a, at least a bachelor's degree, probably an advanced degree. Right. To be in the position that she was in. And, yeah, I agree. Like, she can't get any other job. And they don't explain that at all. No, and in the other reality, she, cre- she creates her own marketing firm. Right, which and, makes a lot more sense. Right. And, it's like, I guess on her own, she's more confident and she is, this guy's dragging her down, essentially. Yeah. The I cheating think, bastard, yes. Yeah, I think is part of the, well, they do a lot to try to humanize him, too, for some reason. I didn't really get that. I think they're trying to. They're trying to make him more than just a stock villain. They gave him a lot of character moments mm. and a lot of ways to grow as a character. Well, the woman he's cheating with, I think, is supposed to be more the villain, I Janine guess. Janine Triplehorn. Yeah. From uh, that second movie that we fucking did. The first actual movie we did, because the 
first episode we did was about awards or the movies and stuff of 93. The one with Richard Gere? Yeah, whatever it was highway called. Highway something? No, uh, it wasn't Highway. It was something like that. Though. Intersection. Yeah, Intersection. God, that movie sucked. I didn't think it was that bad. Oh my god! Did I? Yes. Did I, did I say it was awful? I'm I think you, I think you didn't like it. Yeah. Maybe I'm looking back like with some kind of nostalgia to. But uh, I'm trying to figure out if Gene Triple Horn is and just uh, is just exclusively in terrible movies. Maybe. Wasn't she in that one movie where the guy was uh, went to an apartment building and there was a girl in the apartment building too, and they knew each other in college and. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. There was a, a movie that we watched where they, they knew each other in college and he was dating somebody else and I, they kept meeting at a restaurant and they were talking about this dude that was going to be at a restaurant and they were going to bulldoze the apartment complex to build something else. And I feel like you dreamt this movie. It was a movie we did. <laughs> it existed and we did it. <laughs> I don't remember this at all. It was like he, they... They met in college. He had like a professor that was he loved or whatever in college that she was like very he was an architect. Okay. That's what it was. He was an architect and his firm was going to bulldoze this old apartment complex and build a new thing there. And she I remember she lost her job or something like that and she moved she like recently moved into this apartment complex. Yes, I do. I remember now. It's a courtyard in the center and stuff. Yeah. It's a like it was a romantic comedy where they didn't meet until like the last five minutes. Of the I don't movie. think it was a comedy. It seemed pretty intense. It was a romance and where the the people that got together didn't meet until the very end of the movie, essentially. Okay. They were dealing with other people prior to that. And they kept having close calls and stuff like that. Wasn't Janine Triplehorn in that? Or no? I don't think so. I thought she was the friend. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Sarah Jessica Parker was so. in it. She played like a Jan Brady type person or a Marsha um, Brady type. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker was in it and she was the one from Hocus Pocus. She was in it. She didn't. Well, she wasn't the star. She was the client of the girl. And she was in a show that was like a Brady Bunch type show. Okay. That he liked when he was a kid. Kind of remember. And they're telling the story to their daughter. I don't know how you remember all this shit. Like, we watch so many things. So many terrible movies. And my brain only has so much room. You know, things get pushed out. Yeah, that's definitely true, girl. I can't wait until a year from now when I'm like, remember when we watched Sliding Doors? And you'd be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? You sat about? on the porch and watched Doors sliding? <laughs> no, it was a movie with Gwyneth Paltrow. Who? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who is that? <laughs> I know I call you grandpa, but the reality is. <sighs> but yeah, this movie was empty. That That's, that's my thesis on it. It. It had, I agree with you, it had no point. And there was no reason behind it. Why were we seeing these two realities? What does it mean? I don't need an explanation. I don't need, like, a guy in a white lab coat to, like, walk in front of the screen and be like, put his hands on his hips and be like, I'm scientist man. What we're seeing here is uh, the multiverse, and uh, you know, like, uh, let me show you with the descriptions and 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 diagrams, and I, I'll create a PowerPoint. You know, like, 
I don't need that. I don't care why it's happening. I think explaining it, explaining like why there's two diverging timelines and we're seeing them, you know, juxtaposed, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting back and forth between them. I don't think you need to explain that at all. What I want, though, is why is it in this movie? What? There should be a point to this framing device. Yeah. It feels like somebody watched the movie Blind Chance or just had this idea or whatever and was like, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be cool if we made a movie. Like, it it feels like this concept came first. It'd be cool if we did a movie where uh, we go back and forth between uh, somebody's life going in two different directions. Oh, okay, what's the story? Why is this happening? Um... I don't know, there's a shitty romance drama over there. Maybe we could split that in two and make that. Wow. That's what it feels like. Yeah, it just, it was not good. And it was boring. Like, it to me, boring. I don't know. I mean, it just seemed a little slow and like. Was there anything that you liked about it? Did you like the, the Irish guy with it, with his Irish accents? He was fine. He wasn't great. I couldn't tell if he was Irish or from Wales. But I could understand what he was saying, so I'm pretty sure he was from Ireland. Because um, I think for the the Welsh, I can't understand the Welsh at all. The sex scene was interesting in the very beginning. Like, Janine Triplehorn and the guy that... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, when she walks in and actually catches them in the act. Yeah. And it seemed like they were having really good sex, mm-hmm. which just makes it so much more awkward. Like, that was just uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable. What if Paltrow handles it in the most British way possible, or his character, her character does anyway. And she's like, well, don't stop on my account. Or right. <laughs> Shouldn't Might leave just... a woman like that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, but yeah, pretty much after that, it just got boring. <laughs> what did you think of Gwyneth Paltrow's English accent? It was no good. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno. Mm-hmm. Your 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 Spanish accent's better. <laughs> oh, that's a frightening thought. Your Eastern European accent's <laughs> better. I have no Eastern European accent. Uh, do your Forrest Gump. I, I don't do Forrest Gump. You did, remember? You did it the one time. Do it. No. Just do it. No. Say, life is like a box of chocolates. Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Life is like a box of chocolate. There you go. That's you. You you do good. You you're the uh, accent uh, impersonation. That was, that was supposed to be purposely bad. <laughs> I know. Was that better like, than me? Was that like when Larry Bird was trying to uh, to show like how to shoot uh, properly, and he was like, "And this is if you, if you move your arm, that's improper." And then, like he tries to do it, and he still made the shot. Right. Exactly. No, you did the. You sounded Eastern European when you did it that one time. Slobodan Milosevic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she's not good. Um, I mean, she's good in everything else. I'm not. I mean, like, she's a good actress. She's fine. I like her. But I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I'm not. I'm not gonna like blanketly say she's not good. I she, like her. Her mother Blythe Danner better. I don't. I don't know that. She was in the movie 1776. Oh, God. sit down, John. Oh God, that starred um, 
Well, what that starred William Daniels, the great William Daniels. It's a it's a good musical. You know it's what William Daniels? Just was in. another thing that's really really long. You what? know what William Daniels was in? Oh no no no! He was about to do it. He was about to do singing elsewhere. No, I don't even have it on there. Anymore, I will break I your fingers. I don't think I have it anymore. Good. Uh anyway. Um and then her, her you know what's funny too? Hmm. Bly Danner was in seventeen seventy six with William Daniels, right? Oh my god, sure. I wish I still had it. You know who her her father is, Gwyneth Paltrow? No. Bruce Paltrow. Okay. You know one of the things he did? No. Produce Saint Elsewhere. Are you serious? Yes. Uh-huh. He was the executive producer of St. Elsewhere. It all comes back to St. Elsewhere. Yeah, that's right. Everything in the world <laughs> can be tied into St. Elsewhere. Forget- We're all just fucking uh, figments of Tommy Westfall's imagination in a fucking snow globe. There you go. The worst season finale or se- series finales ever. Forget <laughs> about great six show. degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. It's just, it's St. Elsewhere. Did I ever tell you I invented that? Yeah. Yes, he did. I invented it independently of the guy that actually invented it. Mm. I guess he wrote a book or something like that. But one day, my friend Colin and I were sitting around talking about it. We were talking about the movie Tremors. And I was like, Kevin Bacon's been in so many movies. I bet you could connect every actor in the world to Kevin Bacon. Sure. Through movies. And then we started doing it. And I was writing it down. And I was saying, to, like I said something to my brother. I was like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about writing a book about this. Of all the people I can connect to Kevin Bacon. He's like, oh, like that guy on the radio. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, there's a guy that's on uh, fucking WJR or whatever. Uh, he comes on the morning show like once a month and he talks about uh, Kevin Bacon and all the people that he can. And he's like, he's writing a book. I was like, God damn it. So apparently this guy had been doing it for like two years. See, there are no truly original ideas in the world. There just aren't. Everybody has thought of something before you at this point. Wow. You're going into motivational speaking. (laughs) Give up on your dreams. Somebody's thought of it before you. Well, it doesn't mean you can't, you know, capitalize on it first. Uh Wow. Steal an idea. (laughs) God, you are, you are just, you're great. I am great. Thank you. That is correct. That is the only correct response. Anyway. That is the episode for the week, everyone. It is. Oh. Um, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to do something. But uh, I thought you were going to end the show. Like, well, I was going to end the show, but usually you're like, tell the people. So I'm I did for you to tell me I to tell did, the people. I did forget to mention, though. Hmm. We got a new, uh, we got a new toy. A new web camera. Uh-huh. It's making, you make it sound so bad. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> But we we thought like it's not like that. No, <laughs> I promise. I thought it would be cool to try to sometimes record us, yeah, uh, making tapes and everything. People might want to put faces to the names, to the faces, to the to the sounds. Correct. Yeah. So we we even tried it out tonight. Yeah, I'm getting a little twitchy uh, <laughs> being on camera, but right. you can uh, see I've got a bit of a twitch, don't I? Sure. But there are places that uh, maybe you can find it. We're going to try to put it online somewhere, so 
Well, you know, if we figure out a, a website to put it on. You can, you know, find that information on our website, which is uh, com. Yeah, what else can they do? Uh, you can write us at latefee1994awol.com. And then finally. Share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.